Hello and welcome to the Ask Dr. Gill podcast. I'm Dr. Gil Winkleman in Portland, Oregon. And today I want to talk about traumatic brain injury, uh, otherwise known as concussion, and discuss that. It came up in a conversation I had with another physician this past week. And, I, you know, she asked me some questions and I said to her, I said, this would be a really good podcast topic. So... Um, I'm going to share some of the pieces that that she and I talked about. So uh, traumatic brain injury is a huge problem in the United States. Uh, It's, uh, you know, depending on the statistics you look at, uh, it's between uh, one every six seconds and one every 20 seconds. And most researchers are thinking it's probably, you know, more, way more common, like in the one to six second range, because so many people have them and don't get treatment. Um, but you know, there's a, there's a lot of, um, statistics aside, there's a lot of, uh, changes to people's lives that happen after this, uh, after a head injury. And in the movie concussion is, beginning to highlight how severe, how severe it can be, particularly if it's, it's repeated over and over again. Um, the thing about concussion that I've, I've noted over the years in my practice is I'll have people come in and, you know, some of the people will come in and say, yeah, I, I got knocked out. And since then I've been having headaches. I mean, and, and you know, it's, it's, uh, that's, that, that's like really easy to identify the, the cause and the effect. But I have other people who come in and they say, you know, I don't remember anything happening. And suddenly I'm having these problems. And all of the symptoms point to brain injury and they don't remember it. And, and over time with many of these people, what we'll find is they'll say, yeah, I, I, I bumped my head one day. And, you know, but that couldn't have caused it. And the, the, the issue, in, in, the issue is, is that, no, it could have caused that. And it could have caused it because we don't know how many injuries it takes before things start to fall apart. And, and there's some people who think it can be one and there's some people who think it can be 10. And the reality is we just don't know. But what we do know is, is that they are cumulative without treatment. And so if you have a big one, for example, when you're five and then you have another one, a milder one when you're 15, when you, if you have one at 25, that's really mild. Well, it can, it can have a, an, uh, an exponent, exponential effect in terms of what it's doing on your body. At least that's what we're, that's what we're seeing. So that's the piece. And I, and I really, um, invite patients to sort of forget about it. You know, don't try and remember the incident, specific incident. Um, but sometimes we just treat presumptively and they start to remember specific incidences. So, and how do you know if you've had a, um, a post-concussive issue? Well, part of the challenge is that sometimes the symptoms don't show up right away. And I have worked with Many, many veterans, I've been doing pro bono work with uh, veterans since 2007. Um, 
so a long time. And, you know, I have, I basically save spots in my schedule so that I can see uh, a certain number of veterans uh, at no charge, if they, particularly if they have no coverage for me. Uh, and basically I do only neurofeedback with them and, and the transformation for them has just been, you know, amazing. By the way, I'm not the only one in Portland who does this. There's a, there's a network of us who do it, who do this. And, um, if you're in the Portland area, you know, feel free to call and I can, I can connect you either with myself for this, or if you're a veteran or if you know a veteran or with, uh, one of the other providers in in town who who do this because you know there's a group of us who are committed to to continuing to do this. Uh, but one of the things that we see in you know and have seen over the last almost ten years of doing this is that the symptoms, the problems that they start seeing, don't show up right away. And in fact, uh, this has been an issue in terms of veterans affairs because you know the. When you're in the army, you're not technically in veterans affairs because you're not a you're not a veteran. So the army will do an evaluation to make sure that you're okay. Um, you, you know you don't have the effects post concussive effects and so forth. And then you're released, and you get released, and you haven't had any of the problems because they don't start showing up for you know six to eighteen months after the concussion. So that's sort of what's been happening, and and the VA is starting to. Uh, understand that and and respond to it which is great so they're they're starting to see this as well i see it with anybody who has a head injury uh many times the the issues don't show up till much later so um i'm gonna i'm gonna have a quick segue back to the last podcast um which is that we, we were talking about uh diet and weight loss a little bit on the last podcast and one of the things that comes up with with people trying to lose weight is many of them start gaining weight after a head injury. And we first started the detox program uh, many years ago. I literally had my, my first month, I had four women come in who started gaining weight after getting hit in the head with a soccer ball playing indoor soccer. Um, it was It was really kind of synchronous, but that was a, a situation where there's a specific in injuries that can happen that affect sort of hunger management and so forth. And these were fit, you know, active women and, you know, before they got the head injury and then after the head injury, they started having problems. It wasn't that they weren't active anymore. I mean, it, 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 it's more than just an equation, just as a quick aside of, of what goes in, you know, there was too much going in and not enough uh, activity to burn that off it was a little bit more, more subtle than that. So, so I want to kind of go through the areas where we see changes and how you can recognize a, a brain injury. Um, and there's three basic areas. There's a physical component, there's a cognitive or you know, cognitive component m more around thinking, and there's an emotional and behavioral component. So the physical component is the one that's usually looked at in terms of a brain injury. Um, and the, the obvious one, the obvious symptom that shows up is headaches. Now, I've had a, a fair number of patients show up at my clinic with migraines. And I 
do a lot of treatment of migraines. I'll, I'll talk about that at some point. There is uh, a, uh, an article, there's one article that goes through the, some of the causes of migraines on my website, askdrgill.com. But it's fascinating to me how many patients I've treated with migraines who basically had had a head injury, you know, the year prior to the onset of the migraines. And it has to do with sort of the inability of the brain to, well, we think it has to do with the electrical potentials that change in the brain, but that's more complex than I need to go into at the moment. Um, but headaches, if you have headaches, uh, head injury could be one, could be one of the causes. Now, Generally, you don't just have headaches if you have a brain injury. You have other symptoms. So we'll go through those. So um, loss of balance is a, is a big one that I see. Um, and also uh, a loss of certain motor skills. Um, so, you know, sometimes people will lose um, fine motor skills if they've had a head injury. Uh, um, sometimes they have less flexibility, less mus- muscular flexibility. They can't move quite as well. Um, not totally sure of the mechanism of that, but I've seen that. And then also they might have coordination issues. So, uh, the, the big one that comes up with head injury is a change in senses. And the, the, the easiest way to, to determine this, the, a very common, uh, symptom with post head injury is something called anosmia, which is the loss of sense of smell. And, um, you know, before I, it's one of those things I learned in medical school and it didn't really kind of sit with me until I had this patient come in who had had a head injury and she came in one day, I'd done, I think I'd only done one neurofeedback treatment with her and she came in all excited. She says, Dr. Gill, I could smell the trash. I could smell the garbage this week. And I was just like, uh, that's great. Um, and she said, no, you don't understand. I have no sense of smell. And I actually could smell it for the first time and since my head injury. And I was like, oh, right, of course. Um, but, you know, that, that really stuck with me. So loss of sense of smell. But there can be loss of uh, or changes in sensation with head injury, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, other senses with head injury as well. Um, so before I get into a sign of more severe, I want to just go through two others, which is fatigue can be an issue after head injury, and there can be sleep disturbances. And the biggest one I see is that patients with head injury have trouble falling asleep. Um, and it's because the brain already thinks it's asleep. It's, it's gone to sleep in some ways. So it doesn't signal to the brain, to the body, that it's time to go to sleep. Um, the other physical changes that can happen is, is you can see changes in speech that can occur, you know, similar to a stroke. You could see seizures, although that's pretty rare, but it does happen. Um, more commonly you might see digestive changes. So sometimes people have changes, they might have more constipation or diarrhea after a head injury. So all of those is good to keep in mind. By the way, there's a graphic on my website if you go to the blog um, or just do a search on traumatic brain injury. Uh, there's a graphic, or TBI rather, um, that you should be able to find So on this uh, if you want a quick review. Um, the other one is, is uh, area is cognitive changes. So um, this one is really interesting as far as I'm concerned. 
with kids because I see a lot of kids come to my office who seemingly have attention deficit disorder, but they really have had an, a head injury and that's sort of affecting their ability to learn. So you can have difficulty processing information. Um, in extreme cases, you won't be able to, you won't know where you are. Um, um, you may have problems solving uh, issues or issues with judgment. Um, you know, there's a, in, in the, in the literature, uh, medical literature, you'll see something called executive functioning. And this is the ability to either order something or organize yourself or prioritize yourself um, appropriately. And oftentimes after a head injury, that capacity is, is diminished. So you have a problem with, um, you know, doing that. And sometimes people after a head injury can have either way too rigid or way too flexible thinking. Now, one of the things about this is it's really subjective. Um, and generally what I find is that in the ADD case, you know, I'll have pa parents bring their kids in and, and they'll say, you know, my kid just isn't quite right. He, he generally should be doing better in school and he's not. And those parents are really amazing uh, to me because they're really able to identify those subtleties. Um, and by the way, that from my perspective, those cases are much harder to treat because it's hard to measure what is, you know, what is supposed to be right and what isn't. Um, so other than looking at sometimes their grades, and sometimes their grades aren't even affected, it's just they're taking longer to do the same thing. Um, so the last area is the emotional and behavioral issues. Um, this is a big one and is also subjective, but um, many times people with head injury will present with either anxiety or depression or maybe a flat affect. You know, they just don't show any emotion um, or they show every emotion. Like they, they have severe mood swings and, you know, their mood changes really quickly. Um, uh, and, you know, we also see social skills be impaired. Um, sometimes they're apathetic about life. Um, sometimes there's personality changes. You know, one of the first cases of, um, head injury was a guy named Phineas Gage. And if you've ever taken a psychology class, uh, you know about him. Um, he was a railroad worker, very upstanding citizen, religious, uh, involved in the community, people liked him. We had a railroad spike go through his head. And of course, they thought he was going to be dead. Um, he, they ended up taking it out. And after that, he wasn't the same person. He became, he wasn't, he had no inhibitions. He became very, you know, sexual uh, in inappropriate ways. Um, he, you know, was a drinker and all these other things that happened. He had a temper so he's kind of our, literally our textbook case, and he wasn't really the same person after that, after the railroad spike. So that, those are sort of some of the things that we've seen after head injury. And, you know, it, it can explain a lot about some of, some of the kids in, in the more um, subtle forms, like some of their impulsivity, some of their anxiety, some of their ability to concentrate in school, um, 
having trouble sleeping, being tired, having headaches. That's the general picture of someone who's having a post-concussive syndrome. And this is something that I see a lot of at, at my office. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's definitely treatable. It doesn't matter how long ago, in my experience, the injury was. It definitely is easier the sooner you get to it. But, um, but sometimes, uh, sometimes, you know, people don't know until they come in. And I've had people come in who told me they had a head injury 40 years prior, and I've been able to treat them with that. So that's all I have for you guys today. If you have questions, feel free to email me at questions at askdryill.com or put a comment on the webpage that this podcast is on if you are viewing it on askdryill.com. Uh, either way, or go to my Facebook page, Gil Winkleman ND, and you can uh, you know send a comment that way. Uh, through the page. Uh, I'm always looking and happy to answer questions and cover topics that, you know, you and the audience might be interested in. So thanks again for joining me and I will see you guys next week with another podcast. Thanks so much.